Welcome to Hour of Devastation, the weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? I don't know, man. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, I feel a little bit under the weather. I've had a sore throat and a bit of a blot nose. Yeah. But I've taken two COVID tests, they both came back negative, so... I don't know. I think it's just hay fever. Yeah. Um, it's um, the season, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, in 13 days' time from time of recording, COVID's officially over in the UK, so that's nice. Yeah, Freedom Day 2.0. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so it's going to be a... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's we're not, we're not ready for the restrictions to be removed, but I've done my part, and I'll continue to do my part. Hopefully... Hopefully, many others will do as well. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that the you know people who are being reckless are the louder ones, and that there are a bunch of people who you don't really hear from who are just doing the right thing and trying to you know not kill everyone in the country. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm sure I'm looking forward to masks being voluntary because yep. when they were mandatory, no one wore them anyway. <laughs> 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 so now that you actually have a choice. Um, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a, I've, I've been double vaccinated and I've been for a while, so I guess I'll probably be fine. Right? Right? I'm going to be yeah, fine? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Like, there's only, there's, you can only take responsibility for yourself at the end of the day, as long as you're taking precautions to look after yourself and look after the other, others to the best of your ability, then that's all you can do at the end of the day. So I'm going to continue doing what I've been doing and <laughs> cutting myself off from the rest of the world <laughs> I guess yeah. I guess you do you yeah I'd say I, it, it is what it is and it, it was going to get to this point eventually and I'm surprised it took this long to get to this point yeah <laughs> um, and I look down look look down I uh, look forward to lockdown number four come September ish yeah probably that'll be fun probably. Wouldn't it? stay in the house go. just in time for my birthday yeah exactly <laughs> you know just Another Christmas ruined, and <sighs> anyway, let's talk about literally yeah. everything else. <laughs> Hell yeah! How's your weekend magic been? Have you engaged with magic much? We we did an F and M. We did yeah, a, a, one. an in person Friday night magic, nice. and we had twenty two people. Oh, amazing! In the store, it was really good. How was that? It was so it was so good. Um, it was it was just like it it felt obviously you know people are in their own little we did three six-person pods, two of which yeah. were Legacy, one of which was Modern, because we're lucky enough to have a very thriving Legacy community. Um, but yeah, the store, store was full, and we had Commander players as well. Like, the store was just full of people, and there was a conversation, there was atmosphere, and it was it was like 15 months ago. You could actually have people around and talking about Magic and getting excited about playing. Um, yeah, it, was, it was great. It was, it was truly a magical experience. Uh, Sounds fantastic. And everyone was very, very sensible. Everyone, you know, kept the masks on when it was appropriate, kept away from each other, stayed in their own pods. Um, don't think anyone's got COVID <laughs> from that. Um, but yeah, it was great. Hopefully. It was just like like old times, really. Uh, yeah, it was, it was really fun. And yeah, playing Paper Legacy, outside of just like, you know, I played a few games with just like one other person. Yeah. Like playing some games in person, but like playing against, you know, four different opponents over an evening and then chatting to other people and... And people are clearly really excited, so we, we list our uh, we make a listing on our website for signing up. 
um, so, so you know we know exactly how many people are going, going to be there we yeah, know yeah. how many people can come in and we have all their details should anything go wrong um, and you know, we're running it back this week and we're offering pauper this week because people want to play pauper and it sold out in less than 24 hours oh wow so <laughs> paper magic is uh, <laughs> certainly something people are really excited to get back to doing pauper as well that's quite yeah it's quite exciting yeah, yeah. the six I know it's only six slots but it sold out in about 12 hours I think cool <laughs> yeah it's crazy um it's really cool people that just want to play Planet magic again it's great having people back in the store and just speaking to people who aren't you know my colleagues <laughs> in person yeah. is really nice <laughs> yeah. it's been it's been really, yeah, really cool so imagine. i'm really excited for that next week cool well the fingers crossed that you haven't got a super spreader event on your hands well, I feel unwell, but I, I've, I've tested negatives. It's fine. <laughs> good, <laughs> good, good. That, uh, it's really good to hear that things can get back to some sort of normal again. And yeah, it's good. It's exciting. Yeah, for sure. Especially if people like people are willing to be sensible and yeah. adhere to guidelines and stuff, um, even after yeah, you know, just just for the excuse to play magic in person again. Yeah, totally. Because magic is more important than anything else. <laughs> is what we've learned. <laughs> Yeah, some people it is. What else is there? What else is um, there to get excited about? Uh, not a load of things currently, but I don't know. Plenty of things. Plenty, plenty of things. <laughs> I'm sure of the things. We, we I just have other hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how's your week been? Yeah, it's been it's been fine. It's been a bit of a, a boring, busy one in terms of just doing doing my day job stuff um, and then a couple of wrestling shows at the weekend, it was fun so GCW did their, their now annual uh, backyard wrestling show where they do kind of like a spoof of backyard wrestling but it's, it's a really really fun show so that was good FMW came back which was amazing, I got to watch Sushi Anita have an exploding uh, barbed wire death match so that was cool uh, yeah and other than that I've just been playing uh, Yakuza 0 picked it up in the, the steam sale it's like four Sweet. pounds or something so if, if it's still on by the time you're listening to this 100% do it um, yeah I haven't engaged with magic pretty much at all like I've played a little bit of arena just to get my daily quest in but kind of done everything but that bizarrely I mean that's fine it <laughs> we're recording a magic podcast so not great <laughs> <laughs> that is true that is true I think I'm just I think I'm not that excited about the upcoming Dungeons and Dragons set and I think when you live in a time of the perpetual hype train if you don't particularly like the next station I think it's it's quite easy to get off that train yeah Uh, for me the Dungeons and Dragons set doesn't really do anything for me like it'll be cool to play and I'm sure it'll be a fun limited environment but I'm not getting excited over this like I was Modern Horizons 2 um, or like it's a a bunch of previous standard sets yeah I mean we'll, we'll we're you know Today's episode is going to be just going over the set as a whole and, and talking about it. But yeah, I'm not particularly enamoured with it. It's cool, but yeah, it's not why I'm excited about Magic currently. Like, yeah, definitely. I think it, it's very much one of those like it. I, I love that it's a thing. It's just not a thing that's for me, and and that's totally totally fine. Um, yeah, I, I'm not familiar with a lot of the characters. I'm familiar with a reasonable amount of the monsters, so that's cool. It, it's always exciting to see some cool, iconic mon- monsters be introduced to magic for the first time. Uh, and yeah, like, 
Magic the Gathering Dungeons and Dragons, like this, this is something that could have and should have happened forever ago. So it, it's really cool to see them finally do that that crossover and make it yeah. a standard set. Yeah, and I mean the people I've seen talk about it who are into D and D, because I've talked about before how I don't know basically anything about D and D. Everyone seems really excited, and it seems like they're doing the source material justice. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's really really cool to see that people are actually excited about the implementation of, of you know law and words and mechanics into into Magic the Gathering. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's definitely again I think I'm, I'm pretty much in the same boat like in terms of like D&D law and like characters and stuff. Don't really know a lot of that stuff. A lot of that stuff doesn't really interest me, but the people that I do know that aren't with uh, seem pretty happy just to see stuff and things look like they've been sort of carried across into magic cards very well for the most part so, so that's good that's really good so it's nice to see that yeah definitely um so uh, where do you want to start because there's a lot there is a lot there is a lot um i think i think we should start with with dungeons right that was the big new mechanic for the set yeah Let's 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 talk about let's talk about dungeons, I guess, since it's a Dungeons and Dragons set. <laughs> and then yeah. we'll get to the dragons. And it'll be fun. Hell yeah. Yeah, so adventure into the dungeon, um, I believe. Does it does the does the mechanic have a name? I think the mechanic is just is called dungeons. Me- mechanic's just just dungeons. Yeah, I yeah. think that's I guess the ability is or the mechanic is is venture into the dungeon. So when you venture into a dungeon, uh, you take a dungeon card which exists from outside of the game not in your sideboard uh, and put it into the command zone and then you progress you take a sort of step forward through that dungeon we've got three dungeons we have dungeon of the mad mage tomb of annihilation and the lost mine of vandalva uh, and they kind of work like they're kind of like sagas with extra steps right yeah they're kind of like sagas that don't automatically progress you also yeah any time if a card says venture into the dungeon and you are not currently within a dungeon you can choose one of three different dungeons and there are options within those some with upside some with downside um and yeah, so it goes for extra steps yeah and you you can't just naturally go through the dungeon you have to a card has to say venture into the dungeon so there are some that like when it atbs or when it attacks or you know activate ability or anything like that we'll just say venture into the dungeon uh they see it's it seems like a reasonable implementation of dungeons because you you can't do a D set without dungeons right yeah totally i i think i i really i think it's a really cool mechanic i think when it was revealed initially i was i thought it was cool but i thought well this, this is a lot like not not necessarily like in a bad way just like this is a lot there's a lot going on with this but i think Given that we've only got three dungeons and they seem fine, uh, outside of maybe one or two potentially busted things, uh, they won't have any eternal uh, relevancy. So I think it'll be fine to have these these as long as they're in standard. Really, they're not more complex than anything that was happening in in Ikoria for certain. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I think it's a really good. It's a really good way of, of like turning the game of Dungeons and Dragons into a, a magic card, like the game itself. Like it's a really good representation of, of what the game is. And you progress through the dungeon, you do this. You progress through the dungeon. There's a path. Are you going to choose this? Are you going to choose that? What do you do? It's up to the player. Yeah, I, I think it's really cool. I think it's 
yeah, great work on these. Yeah, it, it, it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense just as a magic mechanic anyway. Um, so you're not going to pass loads of other stuff. It's just when it says Vincent into the dungeon, do one of these things. Um, I'm not sure if any of them cut it in Constructed. Uh, and there are you know a couple of cards that like get bonuses if you've completed a dungeon. So if yeah. you get to the last step, then like uh, Cloister Gargoyle gets plus three plus own has flying as long as you've completed a dungeon. So there's stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it all seems. I think the big one is is Nadar Selfless Paladin. So two in a white for a legendary creature, Dragon Knight. The three three has vigilance, and whenever Nadar Selfless Paladin enters the battlefield or attacks, venture venture into the dungeon. And it has other creatures you control get plus one plus one as long as you've completed a dungeon. So I think that's that's one that is it's very 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 glass cannony magic and Christmas land. Um, you know set up to get to that, but that's one that does have an infinite combo with uh, with World Gorge Dragon. Yay! <laughs> so that's that's the thing. I guess that's that's one thing. Whenever they do have any sort of new end, end of the battlefield ability if it's good enough you can stick it in a, well you know you can try to force it into a world gorge shell and see if, see if you can make that a thing uh, but you you play that one with dungeon of the mad mage and then you just kill your opponent um instantly so well not instantly as long as it, you know you just keep lo- looping that uh looping that world gorge combo and every time it enters the battlefield you progress through dungeon of the mad mage and then your opponent dies eventually yeah that's a thing you can do. I would be surprised if, if that was yeah. the thing people would do, but it isn't. Yeah, thing. very much. I, I'm surprised if that will have, you know, if that would be even tier three in a, in a, in legacy. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a thing you can do. It's a possibility. If it is good enough, I'm sure we'll see it. Yeah, but I don't think it is. There are other things I'd rather loop with World Wars Dragon for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'd be excited to see these like cut it in constructed, even if that's just standard. Yeah, because um, it'd be really flavorful, right? That the dungeon's actually being good, and they've a lot of work has gone into these. I think to make them flavorful and to make them just work in general. Yeah, that's it. I mean, just to jump back to that World of Dragon thing, I mean, in terms of flavor, I think that is the ultimate flavor win because you're killing your opponent with literally a dungeon and a dragon. <laughs> yeah, that works. I like that. That's good. Um, I mean, but if you if you're looping a world goes dragon, you've already made infinite mana, and if you yeah, can't yeah. <laughs> can't win from that point, then yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a cool mechanic. Like a lot of the cards are, that venture into the dungeon are draft fodder, or they're like very much like plants that aren't very good, but try and push the dungeon mechanic. I think like yeah. Nadar is like the one, right? That is, yeah, totally. Is uh, it's like well, we saw it with the Rune Forge, something from Kaldheim, the one that like fetched runes from your deck. Yeah, it yeah. Did absolutely nothing despite it being a rare that cares about like one of the not mechanic but one of like the core things in the set. It's just a bad card. It wasn't even good and limited. Yeah, I think this might be the same. Then again, like dungeons, I imagine gonna be a lot more prevalent in um, in this than, than the runes were. Yeah. But yeah, I, I imagine you probably pack one, pick one, just slam in a door, and then just go from there because you don't even yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't it's not even like a particularly parasitic mechanic in, in the like in the case of having to have loads of them so like with Strixhaven when you had lessons you wanted a lot of a lot of learn cards to be able to go and fetch yeah. those lessons whereas if you have the dar like you don't need loads of things that keep proccing dungeons you just have this thing and it'll just do its own thing and that's a one card sort of combo that does its own thing yeah definitely and I think sometimes like you you're just gonna have like 
you know, maybe one or two creatures or spells or whatever in, in your deck that have venture into the dungeon and then sometimes you're just going to have like a scry one when it, when it ETBs or your opponent's going to lose one life when it ETBs you're not even necessarily going to be able to complete a dungeon but just just having those extra abilities on there as a, as a free sort of upside is, is, is quite cool yeah I'm sure I'm f- for sure there's going to be a, a dungeon uh, archetype right in draft where you want to just yeah, keep sure as much as possible so you play some kind of like yeah. bad creatures but once you're going through enough dungeons you get enough value that it, that it works yeah um, but yeah it's a, it's a very it's a very cool mechanic um, and I really want it to be good and standard though I don't think it will be <laughs> I just think it would be cool yeah, I mean, at least not while like Team Rare Adventures is still a deck. Ugh, Eldrain needs to leave. Yep. <laughs> so every time they just they just banned like fifty percent, fifty percent of the rares and like a handful of uncommons from that set, and the set's still the most prevalent and standard. Yeah, it's completely ridiculous. That's it. I think that that may be another thing that contributes to my like lack of interest in in terms of this set as well. It's just that everything everything that has sort of come after Eldraine has had to be such like such a powerful card or such a like bomb heavy set to make any kind of impact in standard and yeah I feel like none of these cards really measure up um, which I don't think is a bad thing I think it's a good thing but it just might be some time before we, we see maximum value out of these cards yeah I, I do like that when you go through spoiler season you're like, oh look at this cool thing that I won't be able to do because it's not better than Eldraine cards bone crusher giant yeah, it's, <laughs> not be- it's not better than any of the cards that are currently played in standard um, but there'll be a time where Eldraine rotates out and then Theros is kind of mediocre in standard right in terms of representation since they got yeah. Rivero, so There'll be a time for, for these cards to shine for sure, but yeah, everything is currently overshadowed by uh, by Throwing Ball Drain, which is a shame. Right, next next mechanic. What do you want to hit next? Um, next, I think I think we should just go for it. Let's let's talk D twenties. Uh, please don't make me talk about this. <laughs> I'll get into it. I'll love it. <laughs> so, yeah. So the other the other big mechanic really is is D twenties, obviously. I guess in 20 in general was going to be a big theme of being Dungeons and Dragons set specifically rolling 20 sided dice uh, that is not something that we've really had in Black Border Magic before, we've had it in Silver Border Magic, we've had it specifically on the card sort of Dungeons and Dragons but now it exists in Black Border Magic and I think that's totally fine but uh, alright but Joe <laughs> It's, it's RNG and, and randomness in, in in my random card game. I don't like that. Games are going to be won based on if you roll a, a nat 20. And it doesn't matter that that's completely evocative of a game of Dungeons & Dragons in which rolling a nat 20 is normally an incredible thing to do and has great consequences and it'll be really, really fun. And also most of the cards that get you to roll d20s are draft chaff that you won't play in constructive formats and it'll just be a fun thing you do on your weekly draft night. I don't want it. <sighs> the discourse yeah, around mean, D20s has been truly It's been ridiculous. truly awful. Yeah. I, I so fully agree. Silly. I fully agree. Like, yeah. Oh, I think I think the issue is, is around the term RNG. I think a lot of people do not understand the concept properly. Um, I think it's 
like RNG exists in magic, it has always existed in magic. It is part of what makes magic good magic good. Yeah. The fact that you like you shuffle your deck, you don't know what you're gonna you know, what you're gonna draw, you could get a, a, a cool lucky top deck and win the game, or you could just draw a basic land and then your opponent beats you because you didn't have the answer that you needed to draw that turn. That's been a thing in magic since nineteen ninety three. Booster packs, booster packs are RNG. Like, like RNG is it's such such a large part of magic. Like, how like? The... I think people. I think people just get a bit lost with it because when you're injecting RNG into the game directly, like you are with a mechanic like rolling a dice, I think it's very easy to compare it to something like Hearthstone, where the effect of RNG in Hearthstone has a much greater impact on a game than RNG does in Magic. Um, but they are they are two very very different games. Yes, they're both card games, sort of. But a Hearthstone play is completely different to, to Magic: The Gathering. Yeah. It just RNG in Hearthstone doesn't it, it? It does not have the same effect as it does in Magic at all. Yeah, I, people just went just completely off about D20s and dice rolling. Yeah. In a way that I did not expect them to ever <laughs> do. Like these people saw Crystalline Giant from Akoria. And we're just like, yeah, that's fine. And then, so as soon as something says roll a d20, they've completely lost their entire minds. Yeah, I'm happy to flip a coin for my mana crypt, but I'm not going to roll a 20 for my treasure chest. Oh yeah, I really enjoyed building my Crack the Thumbless EDH deck with the Crack's Thumb in, in it and, and a bunch of things that say flip a coin, which is 50-50 chance. But a d20 has 20 sides, that's so random. Uh, f- forgetting, of course, that pretty they were like, they were like a, a dozen at most cards that say roll a d20 on them like at most it's not like every card makes you roll a d20 and yeah <clears throat> it's it's not that many and they're not even that good most of them yeah and when they say roll a d20 it has outcomes on it so so most of them uh pretty much all of them so uh contact other plane uh Ginny Windsor uh Scion of Stygia uh, Hoarding Ogre, Chaos Channeler, they all have the numbers, and it's 1 to 9, 10 to 19, and then 20. And 1 to 9 is, is good, and 10 to 19 is better, and then 20 is pretty good. Yeah. Because it's in that 20. Um, and <laughs> thing will say, whenever X, roll a d20. And the chance is very easy to crunch the numbers. Uh, the chance of getting between 1 and 9 it's 45%, the chance of getting between 10 and 19 is 50%, and the chance of getting a 20 is 5%. That's nearly 50-50. That's 50-50, but 5% of the time you'll get an extra effect. And it's like, so uh, Chaos Chandler, for example, 1 to 9, exile the top card of your library may play at this turn. 10 to 19, exile the top 2 cards of your library may play at this turn. And on in that 20, exile the top 3 cards of your library you may play at this turn. It's 1, 2, and 3. It's not like 20, you win the game. It's twenty. Yeah. Do something that's very similar to the other things it does, but more. That's it. I, I think the the best. So the best card I think is the deck of many things. Five mana legendary artifact. Pay two and tap it. Roll a d twenty and subtract the number of cards in your hand. If the result is zero or less, uh, discard your hand. Uh, so if you roll one to nine, return a card from random from your graveyard to your hand. Ten to nineteen, draw two cards or twenty. Put a creature card from any graveyard on the battlefield under your control. When that creature dies, its owner loses the game. So obviously that one is is pretty pretty good, but 
essentially for seven mana sorcery. Is it yep. seven mana? No, it's not even seven mana sorcery. I guess, okay, so for seven mana, like for seven mana, kind of want that to be a good effect. Yeah, you're paying seven mana total, and 50% of the and time se- yeah, you'll draw two cards. Yeah. Wow, so random. <laughs> or, or for seven mana, hey. you might get the chance to reanimate something. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Like, I, I just don't get it. It's like, like all the reasons you're saying, like, people are complaining about you know, randomness, RNG in my and game that's... while they're shuffling their library. Yeah, and, and that's an artifact as well. Like, the, pretty much every other card has, like, destroy target artifact when it's a battlefield tapped onto it now. So, like, <laughs> it's, it's incredibly easy to get rid of it. It's not going to, there's nothing in the set that breaks the game or makes, or just completely warps the game to the point where, like, you win or lose depending on a die roll. Like, if we're talking standard specifically, like, you kind of win or lose depending on a die roll anyway. Given that you have mm-hmm. to roll at the beginning of the game and the format mm-hmm. is just horrible at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just... I don't think it's an issue. I think the issue is people just don't understand RNG. People just don't understand it. Magic players don't understand things. Like, okay, see, yeah, you, you <laughs> roll a dice or flip a coin or play rock, paper, scissors at the start of the game, which is random, right? You randomly determine yep. the starting player of a game. Uh, there have been cards printed throughout the last 30 years, nearly, of, of Magic the Gathering that introduce randomness there's coin flipping has been in blackboarded sets forever they've done more recently uh, collected company is a card that has seen play in pretty much every format it's been legal in which is entirely yeah. random you look at the top six cards and random, unless you're playing scroll rack or anything like that uh Aether works Urza, Urza, yeah it works marvel as a lord high artificer yep. Golos, like Aetherworks marvel was banned even though it's random effect Urza, Mind's Desire, all of these things, they're just random, and that's part of the interesting parts of magic. Like, randomness is one of the appealing things about magic, that you can't just stack your deck and then do the same thing every every time. Like, it's it's one of the, the fun things, oh, will I draw this thing, or will I top deck this thing? And even when you have draw spells, you're like, oh, okay. Like, Ponder is, like, one of the... Like, Ponder is one of the, the premier cantrips, right, in Legacy. Um, yeah. And Vintage. Uh, and you... A lot of the time, you'll choose to just take a random draw, and you, oh, when I get there, when I draw this, I oh, know I haven't drawn it, or oh, I drew the game-winning spell. How many finals of high-level tournaments do you remember because they just happened to top deck the exact card they needed? Yeah. That's because they shuffled their goddamn library. It's yeah. not as exciting if they brainstorm end step and then top deck a terminus. Like that's not <laughs> that that's not as exciting, right? And and sure, like competitive magic and and you know playing magic. Uh, to to, the, to its most powerful is about reducing variance, right? It's about playing stuff like brainstorm upon to set up your draws, or, or or just just playing efficient cards that, or drawing enough cards that will reduce the variance in your deck. And you're, you're trying to do the, a lot of competitive uh, formats. The decks are trying to just do the same thing over and over again. But randomness is built into magic. That's why it's so appealing, and that's that's why it stands the test of time because you can't just do the same thing every time. Uh, I, and that's always been a part of magic. Why are we so annoyed about uh, dice? And it's not like you get a different... If it was like a different thing that happened for every result, so like on a 1, this happens, on a 2, this happens, on a 3, this happens, it's like it's a 45% chance, a 50% chance, and a 5% chance. That's that's it. That's it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. why are we losing our minds about randomness and variance? Because that's part of magic, and if you don't like variance, why are you playing Magic the Gathering? <laughs> right, like yeah. it's it's. I, I honestly don't understand how people got so like 
just so vocal about it and, and we're having all these hot takes about stuff it's like it doesn't matter also none of the cards are playable none of the d20 cards are remotely playable and they're probably not even playable in commander and it's yeah that's it's a D set there's... you have to roll dice I think there's 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 one or two that I think are going to be playable in in standard. Uh, I think contact of a plane, contact of a plane is is very good for standard. Um, we've seen four mana draw two cards be playable in in blue based control decks for the longest time. This one's going to be good, and then five percent of the time it's going to be fantastic. I just don't. It's it's weird because like those people were commenting like, oh, I don't want the. Again, you know, Magic Pair's commenting on something before we've been given all the information. Um, oh, I don't want the finals of a Pro Tour to be decided by someone rolling a nat 20 and winning the game. So, yeah, most of the playable cards are just, okay, you scry three and draw three. That's powerful, but you're going to get that 5% of the time. Yeah. And the only reason that card yeah. is good is because <clears> the <throat> four mana instant draw two is fine. It's fine and it's been playable yeah. in standard forever. And people... But it's not going to see play anywhere else but Commander. Like... Yeah, like. Hieroglyphic Illumination was a playable card. <laughs> yeah. Um, sure, it cycled, but sometimes you're gonna. This is gonna be a glimmer of genius, and sometimes it's gonna be a four mana scry three draw three, which is absurd. Yeah. But it's good because the base level is four mana draw two. <laughs> it's not good because oh, sometimes I roll that twenty and win the pro tour. Like that's not ever going to happen. And if it does, that's cool. Is that not cool? That's that's cooler than top decking a lightning helix. Right? Yeah, def- definitely. Uh, I, I strongly agree with that. It's just people are so. And all these people, you know, they just play Commander. None <laughs> of the people who are like grinding arena ladders or like, you know, playing in all the Modo tournaments and grinding modern or whatever care about this. They were excited about it because it's a cool design. The people that are complaining about how dice rolling is too much variance for a, a card game whose main mechanic is variance are just people that play Commander and Kitchen Table Magic, and I don't understand why they're getting so angry about it. Yeah, like to me, dice rolling is is meant to be one of those fun, casual mechanics, and it fits in perfectly to a format like Commander. Like yep. in my in my eyes, in my vision of what the format should be like. Like, yeah, I just, I just don't I don't understand it at all. I don't understand why people are upset about it. It's so weird. RNGs existed in Magic forever, and it's it's not going away. And also, RNG and is like fine. a basis for some of the most popular games ever. So that's all Dungeons yeah, and Dragons. Yeah. Pretty yeah, yeah. pretty much every every role playing game that has a very similar system to Dungeons and Dragons um, uses dice running to determine results. Pretty much every miniature game ever created uses dice to determine stuff, uh, and those are incredibly successful in popular games. Yeah, uh, because it's a mechanic that works. It, oh, so yeah, yeah, here's something. So, do you think do you think that this is a mechanic that we might see come back in universes beyond for the the Warhammer Commander decks? Um, if not specifically D20, roll some dice, do something based on the dice result. Yeah, like on attack, roll a, roll a D6, on a 4-up it gets double strike or something. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be yeah, that's cool, I like that. But then you're paying it based on the fact that, the, you're paying it on the base level. You're not. It's like it's like people, it's similar to people evaluating Planeswalkers on their ultimate. So oh, this ultimate's yeah, not very yeah. good. Yeah, but the plus one and the minus are just absurd. <laughs> We're not evaluating them. When you cast contact of the plane, you roll a, you roll a twenty. That's not how we're evaluating these cards. No, they're just that's very good. But the best oh God, people, people. It's so it's, it's just annoying. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get I can't it. Can't wait for this to be broken. You know, g- give it, give it a week, and people all moved on. 
Uh, yeah. Where should we move on to next? I don't fucking know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about the classes. Yeah, the classes are quite interesting, right? Uh, yeah, I so, think they all suck, but <laughs> they're cool. Yeah, agree. So, <laughs> again, this again sort of feels a bit like Saga with extra steps. So there are a bunch of enchantments. So there's one enchantment for each class in uh, Dungeons & Dragons. They all have different color identities, do different things. Uh, and they sort of work... It's like a mixture between Sagas and the old level-up creatures. So yeah. they come on the battlefield and they have an effect. And then you can pay mana into them to level them up. And then when they level up, they get a new effect. And I, I think it's a really cool mechanic, but I don't think any of these cards are, are particularly good. No, yeah, they they look like sagas in that the um, the art is vertical, but on yeah. the other side to sagas. So I guess so you can differentiate them easily when they're in your hand or whatever. Um, and then, yeah, they they have level up right <laughs> instead yeah, of like, yeah. but uh, instead of like on the the level up creatures from Rise of Eldrazi and I guess Hex Drinker, um, they don't have like a so like between levels three and seven. This is true. It's just like at level two this, at level three this, and they enter level one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like they're, they're just cheap enchantments. They either cost two mana or one mana, and you know, uh, wizard classes you have no maximum hand size for one mana. But that's that's just that's an effect you don't, you don't want to you don't want to play. Do you want to pay mana for? But yeah. but then in level two, which you can only activate as a sorcery, like level up. The next level is when it becomes level two, draw two cards. So it's it's a and that's three mana. So it's a four mana draw two at sorcery speed. And then, and then it has five mana to get to level three. Whenever you draw a card, put a one-one counter on target creature. You can draw, like they're just going to be like okay things to play in draft. Um, yeah, but they're they're cool. And we have like you know, monk, rogue, sorcerer, fighter, bard. Uh, I like that the druid class has a sickle on it. Yeah, that's the <laughs> that's the communist class. Um, yeah, they're just cool. They're very they're really cool designs. Um, and. It's weird with with magic. Where like I've said before, like I'd rather them push things and have broken things and have to ban them, but yeah. not be stagnant in their design philosophy. Whereas these seem like, I mean, again, we could be wrong because everyone's been wrong about pretty much every rare card that's ever been released in the last two years. Um, but I don't think these are going to be particularly powerful. You might see like a couple in in some standard decks going forward. But it feels like these were like very limited on the power level. But they're a really really cool design. Yeah, definitely. Like these, they seem more on the sort of flavor level and power level, which which is good. Um, and I can see, I can, I mean, I can instantly see stuff like like fighter class just being slotted into any Boros equipment commander deck. Um, yeah, it tutors for equipment. It makes equip costs cheaper. Can we? Yeah, it, it's just good. Can we have a Boros limited uh, archetype that isn't equipment, please? The last like, the last <laughs> six of the last seven sets have had Boros equipment in them. Yeah, it, true, it's just kind true. of dull at this point. I don't know. I think this one has potential in something like Hammer Time, maybe. Yeah, possibly maybe. because you were playing um, Steel Shaper's Gift, which is one mana, but it goes to the top of your library at sorcery speed. Whereas this yeah. is two mana, put an equipment in your hand, so you can get the hammer. And they're also playing Urza Saga, which is obviously over several turns. Um, and I think that's interesting. Obviously, you'd have to add red to the deck because the decks are currently mono white. Um, but like a two mana search for an equipment is is a powerful card. 
Yeah, it could be. And then if you're playing it in like yeah. an actual equipment deck, then you pay three to get to level two, and then equip costs cost two less. So you're like refunded two of the mana kind of immediately for playing an equipment heavy deck. Yeah. But it's interesting. It's, it's 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 I think one of the most interesting ones for sure. But yeah, these are these are just yeah. Cool. I think it it might be playable in standard. This one, I think, um, given that Embercleave exists. Pay oh, go, so, so go surge up your amber cleave seems pretty good, and then level it up to make your amber cleave cost two cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it is. I, I should, amber cleave is still legal and standard, right? I don't know when it rotates out. I've stopped caring. No, oh, I and Eldrain rotates out in September. I'm sure. Jesus Christ! I'm gonna check if amber cleave is actually still legal and standard because. I think so. Yeah, amber cleave still a deck. It's a ridiculous, ridiculous card. I think it's it's gotta be still legal. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> somehow it's still here. It's one, one of the Eldraine cards that actually survived. Uh, but yeah, there's, I, I like this this uh, this cycle, this design. I hope they sort of bring this... Because I'm sure they're classes, um, but you can use this design for any set and any any plane, right? Um, yeah. And you can expand the classes that maybe like aren't D&D classes, or you could just make them think... Like, Enchantments the level up are a cool design. I like that a lot. So I like this design space. It's it's wild that every time we think they've sort of run out of ideas with magic, they just come up with something. Which is obviously like, like we said, like it's Sagas plus level up in one weird amalgamation, yeah. but they still managed to continue the design space, which is really cool. Yeah, I, I think it's great. It's great. It's really cool. Um, I, I, just, I just think, again, to go back to Sagas, like Sagas were, were an incredible, just an absolutely incredible design. Um, something that yeah, I feel like they added, they added so much to the game and just allowed all of, the, just allowed this, this whole sort of new, new way to sort of think about enchantments when you're sort of designing enchantments for the game and we're seeing two sort of um, two mechanics which I think can be, I guess directly linked back to sagas in, in this set and I think it's fantastic. I think sagas have been the best inclusion of magic since I've, I've started playing the game. Yeah, it's because they're a, they're a Richard Garfield idea. Yeah, that's why they're so good. Man is a, man is a genius. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we don't talk about artifact. Um, but that's I think that's it for new mechanics in the set. Yeah. Unless you want to talk about you know the what looked like 70,000 new keywords written on magic cards. Yeah, I I love it. I absolutely love it. Again, this is another thing that I've seen people getting upset about. Um, I, again, I don't understand why. It's the Magic the Gathering D&D set. There are a lot of cards that that you, know, you have to make decisions uh, when you resolve the spells. Uh, and they have... What what are we calling it? Is it flavor text? Is it ability text? It's both, right? I'm not sure exactly. It's it's yeah, it's a bit of both. Um, but I think it's great. It makes sense a hundred percent for the Magic of the Gathering Dungeons and Dragons set to have choose one, distract the guard, or hide. Like yeah, it's great. It's not saying it's not saying that oh suddenly there is a mechanic called distract the guard or there is a mechanic called hide. It's just it it's really intuitive. It makes sense. Like yeah, for sure. Yeah. It works, I don't it works know why really people well. got upset about this either. Yeah, because it, it looks kind of confusing because italicized text is either a mechanic or it's a flavor text, and this is a new implementation of flavor of um, of italicized text, italicized text in a text box, um, yeah. which might be a little bit confusing for like people who like new players to magic and and whatever. 
But it like I don't think it, it gives I more flavour to. I, I don't think it, I don't think this is confusing for newer players at all. No, probably not. When a newer player casts a spell saying called "You see a god approach," and they look in the text box and it says "Choose one, distract the god or hide." That that seems pretty straightforward to me. Yeah, like, I I don't know why they just haven't done this the whole time. <laughs> it's really cool. It yeah. just adds like extra flavour because like so it, it works with so you've got like green dragon right which is a six mana yeah. four four flyer when it enters the battlefield until end of turn uh, whenever a, a creature an opponent controls is dealt damage destroy it which is just a, yeah. a card that would exist in, in a regular magic set right but before that that rules text it says poison breath so you've got green dragon which does this and, and technically gives death touch with your creatures yeah. but it's called poison breath so it's like the creature's doing something and just it just adds that little bit of extra flavor which is really cool and it's really cool on modal cards as well so you've got like um choose your weapon which is a great name for a magic card especially in a D set which is two in a green for an instant choose one it's either two weapon fighting so double target creatures power and toughness and end of turn or archery the spell does fire damage to target creature with life so you, you choose your weapon and then you get to it doesn't just you don't have to like like put the flavor in there's like there's yeah, exposition it, on it, it which kind is really of cool. almost throws back into what magic was supposed to be originally, yeah. where you you were role playing two dueling wizards, you know, and yeah. actually, it, it it's just adding that that role play element way thing in, in a way which I think is is it's just great. It's it's really really cool. I want to see them do cryptic command like this. Yeah, each each one has like. It explains what the card is thing. doing as you do it, and you have like yeah. dis displace a beast, which has displacement. Pay three and a blue and return it to its owner's hand. That's just it. Just adds that little bit of like, so it's flavor you were already adding when you saw the card, but you just get that little little bit of ex exposition. So like, oh, when the green dragon enters the battlefield and has this effect, it's because it's doing a poison breath. That's just that's yeah. just cool. It's completely unnecessary exposition. Exposition, and I love it. Yeah, it's oh, it's just cool. And it also means like they, I, later. they're just they're just determined to. I think the the issue with it, they're just determined to sneak more and more and more words into a cram more words into a text box on every single magic card they print. Yep, I have gotten bored reading like fifty percent of these cards, <laughs> like halfway through. Um, that's that's fine. Uh, this is also the first standard set where they're really really pushing ward, which is cool yeah. as well. I guess um, that mechanic's definitely here to stay. And we, we have a card that does give Hexproof in this set as well, so Ward hasn't completely superseded uh, Hexproof. This is a card that like can turn your creature into a Hexproof bug or something, or a turtle, yeah. or whatever. Um, but yeah, Ward is like on loads of these cards, which is cool, so like they're, they're definitely going to make that a thing going forward. It's going to be really prevalent in, in every set of design. Um, but I mean, the main, the main mechanic is just the flavour, right, of this set. Yeah. <laughs> That's the main mechanic, is that these are like everything's got like kind of a weird name if you're used to magic and it's got like these fl flavor text words and whatever it's just it feels like seeing a card called you find some prisoners is kind of weird um uh, but it, it works really well and that's just part of the whole the whole set and i, I i'm a big fan i'm not a big fan yeah, in terms of power level in terms of i don't think i'm ever going to play any of these cards ever yeah. <laughs> but uh, the design is really really cool and i know a lot of people yeah, are really I mean... pleased with it Totally, totally. I think overall in in the set, I think there are there are maybe a handful of cards that we'll see play in a tall format. So there's a couple of, of really interesting designs, like Circle of Dreams Druid. Like that thing seems really cool. Uh, it's it's Guy's Cradle on an Elf. Fantastic. Yeah. 
will it be good enough to see internal play? Probably not. Like you just have guys cradling legacy. Yep. But this is a way to give just another way to give that effect to to commander players essentially, and it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I I I, we, I mean we also have another use of, of phasing. So phasing isn't just a thing Teferi can do. Phasing is, is yeah. now a mechanic that I guess we're just going to see in magic sets from now until the end of time. Which is cool. We have Blink Dog. <laughs> which is a kind of a weird name for a card, especially considering it doesn't blink. But it has teleport. Three and a white. It, it phases out. Yeah. Phasing is a, it's just a, an evergreen word. Again, I guess. Possibly deciduous, but... Yeah, it's, it's cool. I don't know, it just feels like magic... Like In terms of design, magic has really found its stride and it's whether you like it or not but it's it's just this is how magic's going to work and it, it doesn't have to be like fire design where everything's busted because this set yeah. does feel really pared down yeah it does I think there are still one or two things obviously there's that world god to dragon combos with uh, with Nadar which is which is fine um, Aluren also combos with uh uh, Asarak, Lord of the Undeath. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, if you didn't complete Tomb of the Annihilation, return it to its owner's hand and venture into the dungeon. Uh, whenever it attacks, free your opponent, create a 2 2 black zombie creature, totally unless defending player sacrifices the creature. So you, you just keep doing that with Aluren. Uh, and then the other the other one, which I think is, is potentially a danger for standard, uh, is Minion of the Mighty. It's one mana for a zero one kobold with menace. It has pack tactics. Whenever minion of the mighty attacks, if you attacked with creatures with total power six or greater this combat, you may put a dragon creature from uh, your hand on the battlefield tapped and attacking. Uh, so in standard, you can go turn one, play minion of the mighty. Turn two, you can cast an infuriate on it twice, uh, giving it plus six plus four until end of turn. And then when it attacks, you can put a terror of Mount Velus into play, tapped and attacking. When Terror of Mount Velas enters the battlefield, creatures in control gain double strike until end of turn. So then you can hit your opponent for uh, for 30 on turn 2. Eh. You can also do it in modern with uh, scale up. So Minion of the Mighty, turn 1, a scale up on turn 2, and a Terror of Mount Velas and, turn th and put that into play as well. Eh, yeah. If you want to do that, sure. Sorry, that, that was not 30, though. It was, that was... Uh, that's twenty-two. I'm gonna do that. Do that math again. Crack my math there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's like it's a thing. It's a thing that's that's possible. Um, I feel like this this synergy is is or combo whatever you want to, whatever term you want to use is more possible than World Gorger Allure and shenanigans. Definitely, uh, this very much reminds me of Tipple's trickery. Um, how that was like a deck for like a week and then it was no longer a deck for like a week because it was far too insistent because of RNG yep uh, so I, I think I think the first week I wouldn't be surprised to see people jamming this and people crying out for a ban but as, as long as we live in a world where like shock exists then <laughs> yeah for sure I think I think it's fine I think it's fine anyway, in standard it's a four card combo in modern it's a three card combo like if you want to do yeah. that, then sure, you have to have this plus two infuriates plus the terror of my Venice. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, infuriates one mana? It is, yeah. One mana <clears throat> plus three plus two. So you need Minion of the Mighty, 
two lands, two infuriates, and the terror of Yeah, That's seven cards. <laughs> you need to have those exact seven cards on turn two. Like, sure. If that's what you want to do, then have at it. And if you want to just jam it in, like, on the ladder, then maybe you'll win some games. But I don't think that's going to be a problem <laughs> going forward. Yeah, which I I think I think it's a really good analog to make with the whole rolling a d20 thing because the RNG required to pull that off on turn two consistently is is going to be equal to you rolling natural 20s on every single one of these RNG cards like yep. yeah it it's it, it might look scary or sound scary but in reality it's really not going to be yeah I don't know people are going to come by about anything People complain about dice, so <laughs> it was like a whole like three-day period of dice discourse, or dice course, if you will, and it sucked, and was just weird. Um, but yeah, this set, this set seems cool. Um, like I said, <clears throat> a lot of people who are really into D and D are really happy with the set and how it's all. Even if the cards were like completely terrible and unplayable, it, they're still cool designs. Yeah. Um, oh, I will. Before we before we go. I will definitely talk about old Norbone and how people are silly. So old old Norbone is a seven mana seven seven with flying in green. Um, whenever yeah. a creature deals combat, a creature you control does combat damage to a player, create that many treasure tokens. And people are like, oh, why is this green? Green gets too many things. As if mana production isn't one of green's core things. Green, yeah. It's like sure, it's treasure, but treasure is now just an evergreen thing that we we use to make mana. So like, I, I imagine if. Um, if Manamorphose was was created today, it would probably say create two treasure tokens. Obviously, it's, it's more powerful. It's a dragon. It's, yeah, it's a dragon. It's of course it's going to have treasure. Like what kind of? Like, it's a mythic dragon. <laughs> why wouldn't it have treasure? Yeah, but like it's yeah, just, why wouldn't a mythic dragon have treasure? If it if it was doesn't doesn't matter what color it is. Yeah, if it was a seven mana seven seven with flying, which is whenever a creature you control does combat damage to a player, add that much mana. Yeah, um, add green. Add, add, add green for the damage, and d- that mana doesn't leave as, as faces and steps end or whatever. People wouldn't bat an eye, but treasure is just a, a much cleaner and much easier way to do that with slight upside because you can obviously use the treasure on a later turn. Yeah, whatever, yeah. but it's a f- treasure is an artifact. Yeah, for sure. But like all of that, it it's part of it's part of green's color identity is to make mana, yeah. especially on like, with big dragons which have treasure. I don't know. I just wanted to throw that in there before we <laughs> before we we start recording because I just people will just find anything to complain about. They'll just latch onto something and they won't actually care about it and they'll stop thinking about it in like twenty four hours time. But they'll just like, yeah. Why does this green dragon make treasure? I don't. I don't know because treasures in every color and has been since treasure has existed pretty much. You know, like since treasure has become like a standard mechanic and not just tied to like Ixalan specifically. Treasure has been in every color. It, 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 tireless Provisioner from One Horizon 2 made treasure. No one complained complained about that. They just said, oh, this is better than Lotus Cobra in Commander. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. People are so odd. And I, I know I love to complain and get argumentative and just say swear words all the time. But I like to think I've thought my arguments through. And also, if you tell me something different, I'll listen to you. And I was like, oh, why does Norbone make treasure? It's ridiculous. They've broken green again. I don't know. <laughs> broken green or a seven mana seven seven. There is a seven mana seven seven. If you cast in that, then you deserve to. But you have to cast a seven mana seven seven and then attack with creatures. I don't know. 
I guess I mean I guess you could attack with your minion of the mighty, give it plus three plus two, and then give it plus three plus two again, and then put uh, old noble into play from your hand on turn two. That's something you could do. And then make some treasures. Yeah. <laughs> to to do something with. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like the the set seems cool. Uh, I I like it. A lot of it's not for me, a lot of it I just don't get the references, and that's totally fine. Uh, I think it's going to be a cool limited environment, so I'm looking forward to playing some, some draft on Arena. Maybe I'll get to do a draft of this one day, or play some sort of sealed. I reckon sealed for the Dragon set would, would be really cool. That's something I'd quite like to do. Yeah. But, it's yeah, it just it just seems fine. It feels very much like Strixhaven did for me. Here's a handful of cards that I think are cool, but nothing else is really good enough to do much anywhere else and yeah. that's fine sometimes magic has to be like that yeah in a few weeks time i'll pick up some of these cards in foil for commander decks and for this set i think it's gonna be very very few um yeah and that's fine like yeah like i do think they are you know one or two bit eternal playables like aside from like the, the silly combo stuff you you got stuff like portable hole like portable hole is probably going to be a, a long Long-term player in modern and possibly legacy, I think that card is very good. Um, but yeah, this it, it, is certainly not Throne of Eldraine, and that's fantastic. I love that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think Sphere of Annihilation might be slightly interesting as well. Yeah, that's, that's a, a card I like a lot. I love the art on that as well. It almost kind of looks like like a Damnation throwback too. Yeah, um, and a Merciless Eviction throwback as well. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's cool. I think that has potential for. It's like it's it's if uh, if prismatic ending is very very good in legacy and modern, um, then this is close to that. Yeah. So yeah, there are a couple of like interesting cards, but nothing that's going to break anything open. And if you want to do the minion of the mighty thing, <laughs> have at it. And I will. <laughs> yeah. If it happens, I will yeah. gladly lose to that on turn two. Look, somebody's got. Somebody always has to play Belcher, right? <laughs> this is a Belcher where you need more than just a card. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> with Belcher you need to play a Belcher. With this you need to have seven cards in standard. You have seven specific cards by turn two. Do it, please, please kill me with this. Yeah. I would love that. Uh, yeah, it's, it seems like a very fun set. Um, draft seem draft seems like it would be fun, and the flavor's great. So yeah, I'm into it. I think I think that's my biggest takeaway from it. I think that the flavor is absolutely fantastic, even if not all of the flavors for me uh, I love those flavor text ability editions and I hope that's something that we see again in future sets like just just become a thing because I think it's fantastic uh, yeah big big fan of the things I like and I, I think there's, there's nothing that I dislike I think that's the thing about sets like this like there's nothing that I dislike it's just a lot of it just doesn't do anything for me which is is, is fine is is that is that worse than disliking something? I don't know. I don't know. Man. I don't what's know. What's it? What's it like yeah. to have a uh, a healthy relationship with your hobby? <laughs> what's what's that like? Is it good? You're you're asking the wrong person here. I'm just trying to think how different Magic Discourse and specifically Magic Magic Twitter would be if if people followed the I don't like this with and that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't like I don't like this. And also this was not designed specifically for yeah. me. So, you, so know. you know, saying you don't like something in a public space is weird enough, but I do it all the time because it's fun. Um but then just have the self-awareness to be like and that's okay. 
because not everything is for me. Um, it's so people are so weird. People are so so weird. That's the uh, that's the big takeaway this week. Yeah, uh, we will definitely be revisiting uh, Adventures in Forgotten Realms, D and D, the magic set. Uh, next week, where we'll be going through the the usual hit or myth and talking about the mythic specifically, and yeah, I, I think I've got some good feelings about some of the mythics in the set. They're cool, so that's why we haven't touched so much on them this week. Uh, but yeah, is there anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here this week? Yeah, mainly how I'm impressed with you setting up content a week in advance. Hell that's... yeah! I mean, whether or not we'll actually get it out next week is a, <laughs> is a different question. It's but... just that's wild. That's so much more prepared than this podcast normally is. We got a plan. We got a we plan. We normally say half seven and then by about eight o'clock you're like, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'm prepared. I'm prepared for next week, definitely. So, speaking of next week, that is all we have time for this week. Uh, once again, approaching the second hour. Come let us know your opinions on Dungeons and Dragons. Do you love D&D? Are you super, super excited about the, this set? Uh, do you love that we finally have a hamster token? That's something we will be touching on more next oh, week. Oh, hell yeah. Come hit us up on Twitter, we are at HFTCast, facebook.com slash HFTCast, or if you've really enjoyed anything in the episode, would like to give back in a monetary value, you can hit us up at Patreon, we are patreon.com slash Hour of Devastation, tiers start from as little as $1 per month, that's roughly 20 25 cents per episode. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Manalink.com, where you can pre-order sealed products for Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, and if you use the promo code HFT5, you can get 5% of your whole order. Yeah, fantastic deal, fantastic store. Man, look great. If you want to find me on my own personal social media, on Twitter, I'm at PeachGardenOaf. It's Oaf with an F. Facebook, I'm Joe Loudon. You can find me on pretty much any of the magic groups. Uh, and also Twitch, I stream uh, every Friday night. We stream magic, so we do something magic related. We did a bit of modern cube the other night. Uh, we do box openings, just pretty much anything and everything. Friday Night Magic over at twitch.tv slash PeachGardenOaf. Come find me there, it'll be fun. Phasmophobia. Yeah, we're gonna do that. Definitely. Let me let me play Phasmophobia with you. I've gotten good at it now. I know how to. I can speed run it. It's really fun and terrifying, and I definitely pissed myself the last time I played it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at snail69. Nice. Where every day, um, I get to work and look at my phone briefly, and then something to complain about pops into my head, and then I do a flurry of like six tweets about that one thing, and then I don't tweet for the rest of the day. It's good content. In uh. Yeah, totally. In my head, you ended that sentence with, I'm shuffling. I'm shuffling. <laughs> no, what did you last to random? There's so much variance in shuffling. <laughs> or, or, you know, you might have been doing an, an MFAO reference. Because it's, it's 2011 or whenever that song came out. <laughs> and on that, on that <laughs> note, it's pretty much all we have time for this week. Once again, we're approaching the second hour. The God Pharaoh has returned. So we'll see you again next week on Arrow Devastation.